Welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brant. For this episode, we are going to talk about the Black Flag single TV party. Yeah. And uh, we, al- we already spoke about this song to, uh, when we had the Damaged podcast, but this is a different version and a lot of stuff um, has been going on since Damaged in uh, the Black Flag world. Yeah. History lesson, part one. Well, it kind of does blend together. Like, this is shortly after Damaged. Right around this time, things are starting to heat up with Unicorn. Black Flag's starting to realize that things aren't panning out uh, the way they wanted. The whole reason they went with Unicorn was they wanted to get uh, MCA's distribution. And the plan was SST was going to do all the work, of course. And uh, the, the main reason for this is they didn't want Damaged to go out of print. You read a lot of stuff about their their early releases especially nervous breakdown was always out of print and uh it was just because they couldn't afford to, to keep it in print and continue on with the, all the new releases they were trying to do so that was the main motivation for for going with unicorn that and as i mentioned before joe carducci talks about um the fact that they the band was living uh at unicorn and um and unicorn had a recording studio as well so I think they were kind of taking advantage of that situation as well. So this one did come out on Unicorn, and or was a co-release with Unicorn and SST. Also after this, I only read this in one place, but apparently there was a SST Unicorn co-release of an interview with the band, but I've never seen that on, like, it never got an SST catalog number or anything like that. Like a co-release of an interview, like a, a recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I've seen uh, like when the replacements and and when Husker Du jumped to a major label in the late '80s. Yeah, there were there are like interview albums that they put out. So there was something like that for Black Flag. Yeah, maybe they're just like promo albums or something for radio stations. That's what the Husker Du and Replacements interview LPs are. They're definitely for radio stations. Yeah. So this single has two drummers on it. Emil, who was in the band just briefly, but he's a great drummer. Yeah, agreed. Yep. And uh, he does wonders, I think, for uh, the song TV party. It, they kind of slow it down a little bit. I like This it. is the best version. Yeah, for th- sure. There's three versions of the song. The one on Damaged, of course, this one, and then there's another recording of it on the soundtrack to Repo Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one I like the best. This is for sure the best one. Yeah. It's still not my favorite Black Flag song, but if I was going to listen to it, I would listen to this version. Very much so. I love, again, I've said this before, but Chuck Dukowski's bass sound, I really always like it. Um, But especially on this single, I love his bass sound. Finger picking. This will be the last thing Chuck does with the band. He's out after this. Well, here's the thing. Like, this was recorded around the time of Damage, but my single is dated 1985. What's up with that? Yeah, so is mine. Probably a reissue, I guess. Well, it is a reissue because mine's just on SST. Okay, a reissue of the Unicorn version. Yep. Gotcha, okay. So the Unicorn version presumably has got, what, an 82 date on it? Well, that's when they recorded at least side one, right? Because they got back from the UK in early 82 robo was gone and that's when they got emil 
but he was gone pretty quickly. Bill Stevenson had already been in the band because he helped them remember when they got back to New York and with no robo. Oh, yeah, right. He helped them to her home. Is this the first recording with Bill Stevenson? As far as I know, yeah. He either recorded this like when they got home, you know, like from New York, which I, I yeah. don't, I, I just don't think that's what, how it happened. I don't know this for sure, but what I think happened is they get home, they record that A-side with Emil, then they go on tour again, Emil quits or gets fired, whichever, and Chuck Biscuits comes in, and he's in the band a pretty short time too, long enough to record the 82 demos, which are amazing. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of interviews, the, the copy of that I have has a pretty good interview with the band. That might have come a bit later though, because they talk about, well, that might have got added on, I guess, later. The 82 demos are is a boot, so and there's a ton of different versions of it too, so who knows. Yeah, they, they talk about the unicorn stuff in the interview on the one I have. I wonder if that interview is off of that promo interview that you mentioned. I doubt it because that promo interview came out on Unicorn, right? <laughs> and they they slam Unicorn pretty hard in this interview. Oh, okay, so maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and, the tr- and the legal troubles are over. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Freed from the yeah. shackles. Got it. Yeah. Like Kira's in the interview. So yeah, oh. it would have it would have been I guess she didn't come in till after my war was recorded, so yeah. It would have been it would have been added on later. So anyways, one of two things happened. Either Bill Stevenson recorded the B-side when they got back from New York and he was before they got Emil, or he recorded it after Chuck Biscuits left the band, which is what I think probably happened. You know where you could find that out is in uh Get in the Van. I bet you Henry accounts mm. that. He doesn't, at least not that I could find. Oh, okay. Most of his stuff is just touring stuff. He doesn't talk a lot about the studio stuff. He talks about damaged, but... Yeah, no, that's fair enough. He doesn't, he, you're right, he doesn't really get into it. I mean, it almost is like when he starts talking about new members joining. It's, they've been in the band for a while by the time their name even comes up in his journals. Yeah, because it's all just tour diaries almost, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I did read a good quote from Keith Morris in one of the books. It was either in um, Spray Paint the Walls or Our Band Could Be Your Life or American Hardcore. I'm not sure which, but he, he talks about seeing the band with Chuck Biscuits in the band, and he's just he's blown away. I think his quote is, he saw them and he says, I quit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty hard to live up to that. Although, I mean, Circle Jerks always had great drummers. Off yeah. has got Mario Rubicalbra. Yeah. In off, oh, that guy's unbelievable drummer. Yeah. So Keith Keith has not been. Um, He's a good skater you know, too, or he was a good skater. Oh yeah. yeah. But Keith, Keith hasn't exactly. You know, he never got the short end of the stick with drummers. He's always done okay. Speaking of quotes, I did pick out a quote about the album from Chuck Dukowski that kind of sums it up pretty good. I'm just gonna find it here. About the TV party single. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know what I like about this single, and we'll get into it when we, when we talk about the songs. It is, it's heavy. It's yeah. really, it's really heavy. I love that about yeah. this single. The way that it's recorded and the way, the way that the band sounds for this single. Well, he's talking about, like, basically Unicorn pushed them to cut the single. You know, like back then, that's what bands did, right? Was this going to be the hit? This was going to be the hit. Oh, yeah. It was going to promote the, the full length, right? So Chuck Dukowski says, I'd say a song like TV Party was an, was an anachronism for me at that time. I don't approach playing music intellectually. It's about feeling, intensity, energy, and power. 
and especially so at the time of making Damaged. TV Party was funny. I wasn't feeling funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get that. When you read about Chuck Dukowski, you hear about him like back um, in the early days of Black Flag, especially when Henry Rollins mentions him, like is that he was super intense back then. And then when you uh, see interviews with him nowadays, like uh, in some of the documentaries and stuff, he seems to have... Uh, my impression is that he seems to have lightened up a bit. Yeah. He's also about, you know, he's getting pushed out of the band at this point. Yeah. Whenever you hear talk about, like, was Chuck fired? Did he quit? I've read so many different accounts that are basically, basically like, there was an attempt to make life so unbearable in Black Flag that he would just quit. Yeah. You know, he got vibed out of the band is how Henry often puts it. But then he just ended up working at SST forever. Yeah, he starts their booking arm, Global Booking, which is perfect for him. He built all of that, you know? Like what, the tour network? Yeah. Yeah. Like he booked all those tours after that. All right, do you want to talk about the release itself? History Lesson, Part 2. I want to know if you know who's on the cover of this. I think Glennie Friedman is actually one of the guys there. Well, I don't think so, because he's shooting it. Well, I thought, I mean, I thought he took it but what is also in it but me i know i mean there's there's chuck and greg the guy with the redneck hat i'm pretty sure is mugger okay i could be wrong who else is in well dave markey was always around davo uh so maybe him maybe spot is one of these guys spot i don't think so they don't none of them really well maybe one, i mean there's one i don't think it might be carducci in uh on the right it could be i don't think emil's on the cover it's not any. It's not anybody from the band other than Greg and Chuck. Yeah, I just finished reading something though that mentioned someone who was in the cover of this. I wish I could remember, and I could have sworn it was it was Glennie Friedman. But I guess maybe maybe it was Dave Markey that I was reading hmm. about. So wait, Dave Markey is Davo? I think so, because there's Dave Rat too. They're sound man, but that's a different guy. I did not know that Dave Markey was Davo. Someone better clear that up. If anybody knows who's on the cover of this single, let us know. Yeah. Please. I must say, though, when I look at this, except for the surfboard way in the back, yep. I have been at places like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, looks, this looks like where they shot the video, too. Yeah. Although that's different people in the video. Yeah. Glennie Friedman's in the video, I think. He's on the single, too. He's one of the guys yelling yeah, out. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know what? I think that that's what I'm getting mixed up, that I think Glennie Friedman is yeah. in the video. I must have read that. I'm pretty sure he's one of the guys yelling out TV shows on the on the actual track. So, too. on the three different releases, do you know all the TV shows? What do you mean? Do I know what they are, or can I recite them off? Well, you know, they're, they're not the same on each of the three versions. I haven't listened to the Repo Man one for a while there's always it's always like you know dallas hill street Brews, blues uh saturday night live monday night football monday night football jefferson's jefferson's i think that's mostly the damaged version but i could be wrong and then there's then it's the last one i can never understand it just sounds like blah blah is it fridays <laughs> maybe fridays was like a sketch comedy show right yeah i think they say starsky on this one maybe the, the single version, they say Starsky. The B-side of this kicks ass. The B-side is awesome. And I mean, this version of TV Party is is lots heavier. I love it. But the B-side takes the cake. And I'm it's doing no small part to Bill Stevenson on the drums, in my opinion. I got to give it to Greg's guitar playing, man. I've got to run 
has got some of his most insane guitar guitar playing. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. Yeah. He wrote all three songs too. Greg did. Yeah. What um, does your single say anything on it? Mine's pretty uh, plain. I've got a red wax version, but it doesn't say anything on it that's notable. Mine neither. On the runout grooves, you mean? Or just anywhere. No, I mean on the back, mine's black, my wax is black, but on the back it's uh, produced by Ed Barton, that's the A side. The B side's produced by Black Flag, in, engineered by Jeff Stebbins. I don't know where it was recorded, I know it was recorded in March of 1982. And uh, the Unicorn version has uh, different colors on the cover, it's got blue instead of black around the uh, TV screen. Is the writing the same color? I think so. It's got a unicorn on the front, a little tiny uh, unicorn on the bottom left corner, and... Uh, I bet you those go for a pretty penny online, hey? Yeah, it's got the unicorn logo on the back, too. It says on the back of the uh, unicorn one produced by Daffa Edwards. You know who that is? I do not. That's the lady that owned Unicorn, or the dude. I think it's a lady. She sued them anyways. <laughs> She's the one that caused them all the problems. She's listed as a producer on the Unicorn version. Okay. What do you think? Do you have a ballot result for this one? Ballot result. I like my rules. I, lo I love both songs on the B-side, but... Me too. I think my rules is a good pick. Yeah. These songs are kind of like uh, forgotten Black Flag gems, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Like, are they on... I guess we'll find out when we, when we go further if they're on uh, like wasted again or something like that i can't remember if they if they show up anywhere else but pretty sure they're on seven inch wonders of the world i was just i'm just flipping through my books here davo yep there's actually a guy named david clausen okay yeah so that's why i was i mean i i had never heard or read that dave markey um was was the davo so that's why i had to just do a quick flip though but david markey was in painted willie yep and he became kind of a a movie video documentary director reality 86 yeah and uh the year punk broke he did that one too right yep and a couple of i don't know in indie flicks like love doll superstars desperate teenage love dolls isn't that what it's called Oh, maybe that's what it is. You're right. Yeah. And uh, but he also put out a zine called "We We Got Power." Right. They put out all of the issues of "We Got Power" into like a hardbound book, and uh, it's a really nice book. So that that's how I know Dave Markey, and that's why I was kind of like, mm, I'm not sure he's Davo, and he's not. Well, I stand corrected. You do. It's it's not the first. He might he might not. Dave Markey might not even have been around at this point. Yeah, maybe not. I was just trying to think of, you know, who was around, who were Black Flag hangers on around that time who might be on the cover. That's that's a real, like, a logical guess, though, for, for the guys who were around back then in the roadie, friend, sound man sphere back then, for sure. But I think it's a pretty fair guess that maybe one of them would be Mugger. Yeah. And the guy on the right looks very Carducci-esque. Could be, hey? We'll have to see. What are we doing next week? Next week is uh, SST 13, right? Yeah, the blasting concept. Blasting concept, volume one. So we're going to go through some stuff, some of it, most of it, actually all of it. Oh, no, not all of it, because there's a Husker Du song on here, and I believe that's the first Husker Du song that we get to. Real world. Real world, yeah. 
killer. But we're going to revisit some stuff that we've been through already in a different concept, different context, I should say. Some crazy artwork. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see you at the next episode, SST 13, The Blasting Concept. Okay, thanks for tuning in, everybody. 